Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another podcast of Living a Full Life. I'm your host, Dr. Enrico Dolcecori, and this week's topic is regenerative medicine. Today, we're going to embark on an inspiring journey through the latest breakthroughs in all of regenerative medicine, from cell-based therapies to gene editing. We'll explore how these advancements are shaping the world and the future of healthcare and transforming lives. So what is regenerative medicine? Before we dive too deep into the exciting world of these medicines, let's understand the fundamentals. Regenerative medicine refers to a revolutionary approach that aims to restore, repair, or replace damaged tissues and organs in the body. Unlike conventional treatments that merely manage symptoms, regenerative medicine harnesses the body's innate healing powers to promote regeneration at a cellular level. So there are several types of regenerative therapies such as stem cells, tissue engineering, and gene editing. These therapies use stem cells or biomaterials and techniques to repair or replace damaged tissues. They treat genetic disorders and even engineer organs. It's a transformative approach that holds great promise. So stem cells are one of the cornerstones of regenerative medicine in in therapy. These remarkable cells have the potential to develop into various cell types and tissues, making them a valuable tool for regenerating damaged organs and and tissues. So from our experience in our office using stem cells, we've seen mostly sports type injury issues where we're trying to help reduce pain, improve cell tissue healing, and regenerate some tissues as well. And the biggest successes we're getting are through tissues like ligaments, cartilage, meniscus, labrums. These have been to show these these are showing phenomenal uh changes, let's say something like your meniscus or your MCL or your ACL or something in your shoulder like a rotator cuff or a tendonitis, um elbows, ankles, wrists. These are all been so successful that we've incorporated them into our office specifically for this type of joint issues. It's been absolutely life-changing to see how many people are getting better using stem cells. And stem cells come from, uh, here in the United States at least, come from umbilical stem cells. You have two options when it comes to stem cells in, in the U.S., And a stem cell is a a cell inside the body. We all have stem cells. The younger we are, the more we have. And these stem cells can turn into any tissue. They have no uh, markers on them, and they can just, the, the brain tells them to become certain tissue. So during embryonic development, this orchestra happens with all the stem cells that are in the embryo, and they are delegated to become certain tissues through innate intelligence. So... The nervous system is the first thing to develop, and then it starts to program and tell all the other cells what to become. So you get heart tissue, liver tissue, lung tissue, skin tissue, and it all starts to develop the fetus. And these are all stem cells. And as more stem cells cling to other stem cells, they become the same tissue that they're clinging to, and we develop an entire human being. Then after birth, we have tons of stem cells that are being 
going back and forth through the umbilical cord from the baby to the mother and to the mother to the baby. And a lot of them get trapped in that umbilical cord. So the umbilical cord is one of the best places to, to get the stem cells from, to harvest them through healthy pregnancies. So typically here in the U.S., it is so, the FDA has this so regulated, which is, which is a good thing because it makes sure that ethical and moral harvesting of these cells is done. And it seems that the umbilical cord is the best source of stem cells because they are day zero cells, which means that these cells are baby cells. They are the youngest possible cell you can get, which means they have the highest potential to regenerate, which is really cool. And so the places where we, at least in our office and most offices across the United States, get them from are from cesarean sections of healthy mother and healthy baby. So it's a lot of hoops to to jump through and a lot of boxes to check to make sure that uh, we harvest the right umbilical cords. And it comes from a mother that says, yes, I'll donate the placenta and umbil- umbilical cord to the hospital. And yes, I'm having a C-section. And yes, I'm healthy. And yes, the baby's healthy. So that's all been cleared. Then those those placentas and umbilical cords are donated to the hospital. The hospital then banks them, freezes them properly, and sells them to regenerative companies like biotech. And then what they'll do is they'll harvest these cells and then put them in vials, store them properly, and then they can be used in other humans. Pretty cool process there. And that's the only way. In other countries around the world, they can use uh, embryonic um, stem cells and, and get them from other options. But in the U.S., those are the only the only option you have. And then the other option is adipose tissue, where you take your own stem cells from your, from your fat cells, uh, harvest them, spin them, and then you can inject them into your MCL or wherever it may be that you want to inject them to to improve the amount of capability of healing in that area. The difference between an umbilical cord and your uh, adipose tissue is age. Umbilical cord, like we said, is day zero. So you're getting the youngest and most vital uh, stem cells possible. And adipose tissue that's already in you is the same age as you. Now, the difference with that is the potential of of, uh, healing, the potential of growth with that stem cell that, that can happen. So that's why we get varying results depending on where we're using the sources. But as long as we use umbilical stem cells, we're seeing amazing results there. Other things that we can use for um, for stem cells is autoimmune issues and putting it in through an IV to help with neurological, immunotherapy, cardiological, um, many different ways to use it there as well. The, the, the research is still catching up with this and the success rates are still, we're still siphoning through those as well. Because it's going into the IV, it's going in through the bloodstream, the stem cells are going to go everywhere. So if we're targeting some unique condition, let's say like a heart condition, it's very difficult to say how many cells are going to get to the heart, how many, how much regeneration we're going to get there. So IV therapy is, is a, a global treatment for the entire body and usually has to be repeated. However, localized treatment of, let's say, joints is a one-time thing. And, and the amazing results last a long, long time. We can prevent people from getting uh, hip replacement, knee replacements, it can be done after replacements too, if there's still chronic pain, uh, discs. Uh, it's been pretty amazing. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast about regenerative medicine. Now that's stem cells. There's plenty of other options before we get to stem cells. Stem cells are all the rage. Um, 
right now in the biotech world because of their, their potential. We've been using stem cells for over six decades uh, in, in the literature and in research, uh, cultivating tissues, growing tissues from other animals as well. Like we're using their stem cells to grow that you may have heard of the pig valves and sheep hearts and, and the things that we're doing to in biotech to try and come up with solutions for, um, for human, for human health. That's, that's the innovative principles that are happening from there, but there's so many other options that we can do before we get there. Things like prolotherapy, uh, PRP, which is platelet rich plasma that we could use. That one is probably the next popular one where you take your own blood. So you take a vial of the blood, you centrifuge it, you spin it, you take the white, the plasma cells from the top, and you take that and re-inject it into an injured area. Typically, again, used for sports. Uh, Tiger Woods back in 2001 had a great success story with his PRP treatments for his lower back and his discs, and he got back to back to golfing. Now, that was 20 years ago. So that was uh, PRP. Now stem cells are, are being more used uh, than ever before because of the access to them. Prolotherapy is ozone therapy. We're using ozone to inject usually ligaments to help tighten the ligaments and strengthen them. That's a cool non-invasive uh, technique that has been used for, for decades, especially up in Canada. PRP seems to be the go-to here in the United States when it comes to, to sports injuries and prolotherapy has always been the go-to up in Canada as well, just because of access to that, um, to the ozone therapy up there as well. And there's so many other things we can do with regenerative medicine um, as far as conditions. However, I'm saying this podcast on what I've seen personally with success and for sure joint issues, the knees, probably number one uh, for stem cells. If you have knee issues and you're not wanting to get knee replacement um, and you have some some space in the joint left, uh, definitely stem cells the way to go. Uh, shoulders neck pain, disc pain, low back pain, joints in the hands, um, rheumatoid arthritis, arthritic pain. These are all great uh, and highly successful conditions that stem cells can help with. Then, uh, it, but it's cost, it's costly. So stem cells are probably one of the most expensive injections we can do. Then they, and it ranges between three to $6,000 per site per, per, uh, per injection. So that I mean, the cost effectiveness of that is is a little bit higher, but PRP is fairly affordable. Instead of thousands of dollars, it's hundreds, and we could do things like prolotherapy, PRP injections to help with sports injuries as well. You can see how I minimize my talk on uh, autoimmune uh, conditions, uh, heart, liver, organ conditions, ulcerative colitis, uh, gut issues. There is great research being supported by this. However. If you're going to seek that type of care, I highly advise going to the clinics and the institutions that have been doing this. Sometimes you have to go to Europe for some of these uh, for some of these things uh, for organs, just because of how difficult it is to target the stem cells to the organs. Again, IV is the only way that we could broad base inject people for systemic conditions, which means we have to put it through the IV. It's called a push. You push that into the veins. And hopefully these stem cells go to where they need to go. Uh, but they're, they're going to go everywhere. And they do typically go to areas of inflammation. That's what's so wonderful about them. So when we're injured, naturally, let's say we fall on our hip, 
and we hurt our hip and it's bruised and it hurts, your body naturally creates a healing process from there. The bruise was obviously soft tissue damage. You broke some vessels, you bled a little bit. Now you got that nice little purple bruise. The body's healing that it's absorbing all the dead red, red blood cells and it's inflamed. And that inflammation sends a signal to the brain, to the, to the immune system that, Hey, there's an area here that's injured. Please send white blood cells, stem cells, send the repair crew out here. The older we are, the less of these cells we have, but we still have them and we still heal, but that's why we heal at a slower rate compared to a seven-year-old. Um, and that's just the truth. That's just the truth of what happens with aging. So we have these cells. So when we can bypass this and, and inject directly into it an inflamed area with stem cells, all the stem cells will stay in that area and regenerate and they'll they'll regenerate with each other. So once it becomes a meniscus cartilage tissue, more of the stem cells become more meniscus cartilage tissue, which is really cool. Um, and, and if you know anatomy a little bit and you're, and you're keeping up with me here, you know, you, the, that's the cartilage in your knee or a cartilage anywhere in any joint, whichever one you want to talk about. It's different when you put it into the bloodstream because now you have this entire, you know, flood of stem cells going through the entire system. So if there's inflammation around the heart or there's inflammation around the kidneys, maybe from, from diet or other pathologies, some stem cells are going to go there, which is a good thing. It's going to repair that tissue and, and heal it. But if we're talking about things like autoimmune, very difficult to navigate where these stem cells are going to go. It's never a bad thing because you're injecting more stem cells into the body. It's like injecting more healing into the body. That's that's a great, always a great thing. It's just for the cost. We're we're always hoping to um, to get results. Just like when we're buying a car or anything, the more expensive the car is, the more we expect from the car. Correct. I mean, that's why we spend more money from it. More more luxury, more performance, more capability. We definitely don't want to buy an expensive car and then it break down next week and not work. Uh, that makes no sense. So same thing when it comes to this, it's a purchase and psychologically people are like if the more I spend on this, the higher my hopes are. Um, so I'm just, that's my, that's my little warning as a doctor who's done this and, and helped a lot of people with it. It's uh, that's the toughest one. And it's usually has to be repeated with autoimmune. So autoimmune conditions can be anything under the arthritic condition cascade, um, rheumatoid cascade. It can be under um, lupus, and the list goes on and on. Uh, there is research showing that it has helped some people. Um, but again, it's a repetitive thing and that becomes quite expensive to do, which is okay. Health is the best investment you can make. If you have more questions about regenerative therapy, you can reach out to us at fulllifetampa.com. You can reach us at info at fulllifetampa.com and all of our social media handles as well. And we here locally in Tampa do workshops quarterly on regenerative therapy, and we do them in our office, and we continue to do them more and more often, which is really cool. One last one that I want to talk about is peptides. This this one is a, is a cool one as well that we just started um, doing in our office, and I've been learning more about them, is peptide therapy can be used to from a whole bunch of different conditions. Uh, there's, you know, single peptides, uh, hormonal peptides, antimicrobial peptides. Um, there's collagen peptides. There's a whole bunch of peptides that you can do subcutaneously for cosmetic things, uh, such as skin issues, all the way to uh, joint issues like rotator cuff injuries or frozen shoulder 
or um, mold toxicity or whatever it may be, peptides are uh, a great, a great uh, safe regenerative therapy that is used is being used more and more and more these days. It's amino acids; they're proteins, and they're injected right into s- certain areas of the body depending on what we need to do. Uh, very commonly used in testosterone and hormone therapy for females and males um, to help increase testosterone or, or estrogen or, or progesterone, whatever it may be that's, that we're focusing on, and a lot of the um, mold toxicities that can happen as well. Uh, those, are, those are probably the best ones. There's also neuropeptides, which act as neurotransmitters. Um, these ones can help play a role in... Um, mood regulation and pain perception as well. So peptides are a new uh, frontier being used across functional medicine offices, medical offices, chiropractic offices. Um, so look into that. So stem cells, gold standard, PRP, peptides, uh, and other types of regenerative medicine that are all out there. They are they have been shown to be safe. We have learned how to distribute them and we continue to learn how to distribute them better. The sources here in the United States are all FDA regulated, so it's it's a safe place to get them. Um, and that is it. The most common questions we get is the sources, uh, and of course, you know, hopefully, I answered those with the FDA. Um, mesenchymal stem cells that come from the umbilical cord uh, have no, cannot pass on disease. You're not passing on any genetic material. You're not passing on any um, antibodies from that. So that's why it is, it is a universal donor source from that too. So that's that's pretty safe as well. Again, reach out to us if you have any more questions. This one was a fun one, kind of a new frontier of healthcare that's out there. And if you've been suffering from a chronic condition and you don't qualify for surgery, maybe because you're younger, maybe because you're under 60 and the orthopedics are telling you, no, you know, we don't want to do any replacements or surgery yet, but yet you're still suffering. You're still in pain. Look into regenerative medicine. These are these are great options. You are the the best candidate for it because of the injury that you've had and how long you've had it. That would make you one of the best candidates for regenerative medicine, which is really cool. And if you've had chronic pain for anything or arthritic pain, look into some of these options there as well. Uh, some insurances are starting to cover some of these conditions like PRP injections, Medicare just covered it for the elbow. I don't know how they chose the elbow, but they chose the elbow because of the research is showing it actually helps. So arthritic arthritis of the elbow, tendonitis of the elbow. Uh, so there's, so we're getting there. We're getting there where we're seeing the, the benefits of it across the board. Once insurance or Medicare starts to say, yeah, we'll pay for one or two of these things, then obviously the research is there and they see the benefits from it. So hopefully that was useful. Kind of a new frontier. Enjoy this week's podcast. Stay well, stay healthy. Catch you next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.